This is Pastor Eric Love. I want to thank you for tuning into today's podcast. God told Joshua that if he meditated on the word and obeyed it, that he would make his way prosperous and that he would have good success. My prayer is that as you meditate on this word that you're about to hear and apply it to your life, that you too will find good success. Blessings on you and enjoy this word from the Lord. This, this series title is Unbroken Worship. Now, listen, I don't know about you, but just just having the idea of unbroken worship has really blessed me this week. Amen. How many how many of you have really considered unbroken worship? You just you really considered it. Amen. Um, and just walking in that walking in the completeness and the fullness of that unbroken that unbroken worship. I thought about it um, even even man, when I was tempted to get upset, I said, you know what? I can't break my worship. Uh, I, yeah, I'm telling you, I was tempted. I said, no, I can't break my worship. I, I, I don't want to break my worship. And so, um, you know, even even things I watch on television, I was, you know, I kind of like country music sometimes. I was right down the road and put on me some country music. And I said, nope. Yeah, nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't go to the bar today. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to. Yeah, I don't want to break my worship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want to break my worship. Um, so. That's where God has us and that's where God wants us. God wants us in a, in a state of unbroken worship. Unbroken worship, remember I told you this Sunday, is, is being pleasing to God every day, no matter the circumstance. That's in whatever I do, whatever you do, whatever we go through in our lives from our day to day aspect, we make it up in our mind that no matter what happens to me, I'm going to please God. Um, I'm not going to I'm not going to discredit God, not going to bring dishonor to his name, no matter what happens to me. I'm going to I'm going to please God. I'm going to be pleasing to God. Bringing pleasure to God is called worship. And I thought about I thought a long time about that. Bringing pleasure to God is called worship. That's 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 it in its simplest form. Bringing pleasure to God is called worship. And so we're going to we're going to look at you guys are going to hear some things about worship today that uh, that that is going to challenge you. That's going to cause you to to think and, and to I need you to see worship. I need you to see worship the way scripture teaches worship, because typically when we think about worship, um, um, what, what, what do we normally think about when we hear the word worship? Yell it out. What do we think about? Praise, adoration. Well, what, what do we do when we worship? What do we do? Cry. Lift our hands. What else? Some some people thank him. Some people run. Amen. Now, now all those are acts. Of worship, all those are part of worship, but in the essence of worship, we're gonna we're gonna move those things out of the way, and we're gonna have a conversation about the way Scripture teaches worship and the way the Scripture shows us worship. Because whenever I've, I've thought about worship and seen worship, I was introduced to worship by praise and worship. Now we're gonna have praise and worship, but now we're gonna have worship. So typically, when somebody says we're gonna have worship, what are we, what, what are they talking about? Music. They're talking about music. They're going to have music, maybe um, a praise dance song. Maybe the choir is going to sing or whatever. We're, we're having worship. But God wants us to see this worship thing different. God wants us to see it different. And as as church on purpose, there's something that God is connected uh, in worship that he wants us to find. Worship God in spirit. I, I talked about I told I told you guys about that this past week. Worshiping God in spirit means being engaged with a heart that is passionate about him. 
a heart that is passionate about God. And so in order to worship God in spirit, we have to worship God from a heart that is crazy about God, a heart that a heart that loves God. Have you ever heard? Have you ever heard somebody say that that person has an evil spirit? You ever heard somebody say that? Raise your hand to say that. That person got an easy, evil spirit or that person has a jealous spirit. You can kind of walk up on people and you can kind of tell, you know, I, I don't like I just don't like their spirit. Watch this. God wants people to walk up on you and say they have a worship spirit. That there's a there's a spirit of worship on them. That there's a in other words, in other words, they they have a life or a lifestyle that's pleasing to God. Their life is pleasing to God. So worshiping God in spirit means worshiping from from a heart, from from our, our very being. Um, worshiping God in truth means that you have the proper knowledge. You have the proper knowledge of who God is worshiping God based upon what scripture or who scripture reveals him to be or how God reveals himself in scripture. That's worshiping God, worshiping God in truth. We have to have the truth about God. It is the truth that sets us free. Or let me say it like this. It is the truth that we know that sets us free. If you don't know the truth, that truth, that truth does you no good. So it's the truth that we know that sets us free. So uh, in order to foster um, a heart of worship, then we have to be on a quest to know more about God. We ought to be we ought to be uh, on a quest to increase our knowledge about God so we can know more about him and know more about who he is. Um, A.Z. Tozer states that the goal of every Christian should be to live in a state of unbroken worship, to live in a state of unbroken worship. That should be all of our goals. So if you're taking notes, write that down. My goal is to live in a state of unbroken worship. Just write that down because sin separates. Sin separates us uh, from the presence of God, never from his love, but from the presence of God. Sin causes us not to be able to hear God clearly. And so uh, uh, the uh, um, um, all of our all of the goal of all of us should be to walk every day in a state of unbroken worship with God where we're in complete fellowship. Now, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about walking around all day with your hands lifted, walking around day all day because people are going to think you're a little crazy on your job. If you walk around all day, you know, to my glory to God. Hallelujah. Hey, we need some ink. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, we need some paper clip. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Now they're going to thank you. They're going to thank you. Slap out of your mind. That's not what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. But, but I'm, I'm going I'm to show you here in just a moment. Um, and again, this is this is going to challenge your thinking about worship. Write this down. I'm going to have three points. I've got three points. I'm going to try to build those points. And uh, then we're going to then we're going to let you out of here. Point number one is that we worship because worship honors. Write that down. Worship honors. Worship brings honor. The word honor means high respect, great esteem, high respect, worship. We worship God because God deserves high honor, high, high esteem. He deserves great respect. Matter of fact, there's, there's, there's two Greek words. Um, the, the first Greek word is is Sibe Zomaya, which means to to render religious honor. And then there's a second one. It is is Sibomia, which means to revere or to adore. So worship honors. We 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 worship because it honors God. Now what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a little bit. We're gonna take a look at worship. Now, um, whenever you are looking to discover what something means. Always go back to the law of first mention. Write that down if you're taking notes. The law of first mention. Go back 
and find out where that word was first mentioned and look at the context at which the Bible introduces that particular word. Does anybody know where worship was first introduced in Scripture? Anybody have any idea where worship was first introduced in Scripture? Anybody the first occurrence of worship? Anybody have any idea? Any idea? Where? Genesis? Yeah. Yeah, probably in Genesis somewhere. Okay, but but watch this. Watch this. When I show you this, some of you are going to be amazed and you're going to say, whoa, wait a minute. I didn't see it like that. Here's what I want you to do. Go to Genesis chapter 22. Open your Bibles to Genesis 22. Let's 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 practice the law of first mention. Genesis chapter 22. And let's look at it. Genesis 22. This is one of, if not the first occurrence of worship in Scripture. Genesis chapter 22. I want you to see this. Now, when you see it, it's going to for some of you, it's going to perplex some of you. Um, Genesis chapter 22. Um, look at verse number five. Look at verse number five. And Abraham said to his young men, what did he say to them? Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And then what? We'll come back to you. They're going to go and do what? They're going to go and do what? They're going to. So, so in other words, watch this. Was there a, was there a keyboard with them? Were there drum set with them? Wait a minute. Were there singers with them? Wait a minute. So you mean to tell, wait a minute. So, so what did Abraham have with him? What did he have with him? His son. What else? Himself. What else? Some wood. What else? Uh, she said the ass. <laughs> the donkey. <laughs> what else did he have? He had a knife. <laughs> so Stanley Bear quit cussing the church. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but wait a minute. Wait a minute. So watch this. Now watch this. What, what was what was Abraham going to do? What, what, what was he headed to go do? To sacrifice his son. So wait a minute. Now, now, those of you who have children, if God were to tell you, I need you to kill your son or your daughter and send them to live with me. Would that be worship for you? Think about that. Think about for most of us, we'd be like, no, 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 that that's not worship. But, he, but here's the question. Abraham said that we are going to go yonder and worship. Here is what Abraham was saying. We're going to go and allow our actions to be pleasing to God. My obedience to God is my worship. Ooh, that was powerful. He said, he said, listen, even even if my obedience brings me pain. My obedience is my act of worship to God. In other words, he said, he said, listen, I can't focus on what I'm about to do. I can't focus on the death of my son. I can't focus on me now about to take his life. I can't focus on that. But guess what I'm going to focus on? I'm going to focus on my worship. So you know what that means? No matter what predicament you find yourself in, no matter what somebody says to you, no matter what they do to you, if you make it up in your mind, guess what? I'm not going to focus on what they did. I'm going to focus on my worship. I'm going to focus on my actions being pleasing to God. If they pull up, pull out in front of you in traffic. Don't worry about it. You know what? Focus on your worship. 
That's what Abraham said. Abraham said, me and the lad, we're going to go yonder and we're going to worship. Watch this. And then we're going to come back. We're going to come back. We're going to go and we're going to worship. So, so when we see, when we see worship first introduced in scripture, it's not introduced with hands lifted. It's not introduced with a foot pedal and some keys. It's not introduced like that. When we see worship first introduced, worship is introduced in a life that's pleasing and obedient to God. Glory to God. So, so you know what that means? Do you know what that means? That means that means for all of us that when we think about worship, worship is more than just what we do in here on Sunday mornings. Worship is you making up in your mind that no matter what I go through in my life, no matter what I have to deal with, I'm going to make sure that whatever I do is pleasing to God. That's our worship. It's living a life of worship and worship. Worship honors God. Abraham made up in his mind that he was going to honor God. Watch this. Let, let, let's talk about this honor thing. Worship honors. Go to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. Turn your Bible to Psalm 19. I want to I want to I want to stay with this honor point for just a moment. Go to Psalm one. Psalm 19. Excuse me. Psalm 19. I want to stay with this honor point. Very familiar passage in Psalm 19. Very familiar passage. Psalm 19, look at verse 14. Let's talk about this honor. The psalmist says, this is David writing, he said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now look up on the screen. This is the living translation. The living Bible says, may my spoken words. Watch this. May whatever comes out of my mouth. Glory to God. Now, let me, let me pause right there. As a church, we have to be pleasing to God with the things that are coming out of our mouths. Churches, church folks are some of the messiest folks in the world. You know that. We'll we'll smile in your face and talk behind your back. We do it all. So, so you know, you know what God, you know what David is saying. David is saying, God, if the words that come out of my mouth, I want them to be pleasing to you. Whatever I say, God, listen, I, I don't want to gossip. So, God, I'm, you know what? I, I'm going, I'm going to be mindful that I'm not getting into gossip. I'll be mindful that I'm not saying things that I shouldn't say. He said, let the words of my mouth, watch this, not just the words of my mouth be pleasing, because we're talking about honoring. But what else did he say? He, your, he said, my unspoken thoughts, even my nasty mind, I want to be pleasing to you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You're talking about honor. You're talking about honoring God with your mind. You're talking about taking every thought captive. That's what God is saying to us. So, so worship, worship, watch this, has to do with the way you think. You, the way you think is a part of your worship. Now watch this. Watch this. You 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 can't stop the you can't stop this thought from showing up, but you can keep it from staying in your mind. My my pastor said it like this: Don't treat the thought like it never came. Cast it down in Jesus' name. Somebody else said it like this: You cannot stop the bird from landing in your hair, but you can't stop from building a nest there. So he says, I, I even want my thoughts to be pleasing. Here, here's my question for you. What are some of the things that you think about that you shouldn't be thinking about? Oh, Lord. Somebody said, oh, Lord. Some, <laughs> somebody, said, somebody said, Lord, please renew my mind. Please renew my mind, Lord. Hallelujah. Let this mind be in me and me. 
is also in Christ Jesus. But, but watch this. But, but watch this. Many of you have never considered worship having to do with your thinking. We haven't, we haven't considered that. But worship, worship here, David is saying, listen, I want even my thoughts to honor you. That's what God is taking purpose. He's taking us to a, to a place where we are a body of people that even our thoughts honor God. That the things that we think, and watch this, when a thought is introduced that does not honor God, we take authority over that thought and we cast that thought down. Amen? Glory to God. Because so as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, or so he becomes. So God is challenging us to even control our thinking. So that's our challenge this week, to control our thinking. Watch this, watch this. Even the thinking about the person that you hate. Because the person that you hate is the person that Jesus loves. Hallelujah. See how quiet it gets, boy, I ain't playing. Hallelujah. The, 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 even that person. So, 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 you know what? Start with that person that, start, start with that person that did you wrong and say, okay, Lord, how, how am I to think about this person? Lord, teach me how to love them, even though they did me wrong. Lord, teach me how to forgive, even though the pain is still there. Because you know why? Because I gotta focus on my worship. Glory to God. I don't want my anger to mess up my worship. I, I don't want bitterness to mess up my worship. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So you know, I want unbroken worship. Don't listen. Never give anybody enough power over you to break your worship. Don't ever give anybody that much power over you to cause you to break your worship. Listen, if, if they have the power to break your worship, that means that that means that you've got to make some adjustment in your connection and your relationship to God. That's what he said. So God, so David said, God, I want my, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart to be pleasing to you. Everything I go through, I need to be pleasing to God. Worship honors. Worship honors God. It brings honor to God. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna do this, but I, I need to, I need to do this real quick. I, I need to, I need to show you why, why we, I give, give you a few reasons why we honor God. Go to Psalm 146. And, and, and Jerry, I'm kind of going, I'm kind of fast forward a little bit, uh, to the end of that. Psalm 146. I want to show you this. I want to show you this. Psalm 146. Because I want you to know, I want you to know why. I want you to know why we do it, why we honor God and, and why worship is so important. Why worship is so important. Psalm 146. Um, look at look at verse number six. Say man when you found it. Look at this. It says who made he's talking about God. God made heaven and earth. He made the sea and all that is in them. He made heaven and earth. He made he made the earth. Not just the dirt, but he made the earth. He made he made the earth. He made the sea. Watch this. Who keeps truth forever? Watch. I, I like that. I like verse number seven. Verse number seven says he executes judgment for the oppressed. In other words, if if you're going through, don't worry because vengeance belongs to the Lord. He executes judgment on your behalf. Isn't that beautiful thing to know that God, listen, God's got you, honey. God, listen, God will defend you if you got, but you got to get out of the ring. Y'all heard me tell you, you may tell you that before, right? Touch your neighbor and say, God will fight for you if you get out of the ring. He'll fight for you if you get out of the ring. Hallelujah. Stop trying to fight the battle yourself. 
Stop trying to. My grandmama told me if my brother hits me and I come tell her, she's going to whoop him. But if my brother hits me and I hit him back, she's going to whoop both of us. Glory to God. So I don't need God whooping me and my enemy. (laughs) Execute justice for the oppressed. Watch this. Who gives food to the hungry. That's why that pizza showed up at work when you don't have any money. (laughs) Yes, Lord. Gives food to the hungry. Hallelujah. The Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. Y'all see that? He gives freedom to the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. I can't do that. You can't do that. Only God can do that. Open the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down and loves the righteous. Those who are bowed down, God raised. I can't tell you the number of times that, that, that my spirit was low and I, I felt like I was bowed down and God raised me back up. I can't tell you the number of times that that has happened. The Lord watches over strangers. He relieves the fatherless and widow. But the way of the wicked, he turns upside down. Glory to God. He turns the wicked upside down. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O O Zion, to all the generations, praise the Lord. So that's why we honor him. We honor him because of all the wonderful things that God continues to do for us. Number two, number two, worship humbles. Worship humbles. You can't worship unless you humble yourself to worship. Not only does worship honor, but worship humbles. Proskuneo is the Greek word meaning paying homage, or it also means it means to bow down. It means to bow down before God. Worship humbles. Go go to um go to First Corinthians fourteen. First Corinthians fourteen. Worship humbles. First Corinthians chapter fourteen. Look at verse number verse number twenty five. First Corinthians fourteen. 25. And it says, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. Worship causes uh, causes us to become humble. And, I, and when, I, when I give you the last point, the whole humility thing is going to make, make more sense. Worship causes us to bow down in our spirit, causes us to submit ourselves to God. It's almost like almost like having a puppy. You walk up to a puppy and that puppy kind of sits down in the presence of his master. He's humbling himself. So that's what God is calling us to. God's calling us not only to be a strong church, but a humble church. God's calling us to be an humble church, a church that, 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 in other words, we lay down what we want to do and we submit to what God wants to do. We submit to God's authority. And we have to do that even in your personal life. You have to submit to God's authority as God is leading and God is, as God is pruning, God's taking you to the next level. There's some things that you're going to have to humble yourself to do. There, there's some, matter of fact, you know, all of us, all of us have, you know, all of us have, have a spirit of pride or had a spirit of pride. All of us have it. You know, we got that from our, from our father, Adam. We, we got that spirit of pride. But, but watch this. But, but humility calls us to keep that pride in check. Calls us to keep that pride in check. So worship causes us to become humble, to bow ourselves before God and to humble ourselves before him. So God, 
God calls us to worship so we can be humble. And third, I'm going to spend some time on this one. Thirdly, worship heals. Worship heals. Worship heals. Worship honors. Worship humbles. And thirdly, worship. I want to spend some time on this one. Worship heals. The word worship comes from the Greek word um, therapeuo, which we get our English word therapy. Hmm. We get our English word for this word worship. It's the word therapy. Wait a minute. So worship means therapy. Whoa. Wait a minute. Glory to God. So worship means therapy and therapy means treatment intended to relieve or heal a disorder. Hmm. So could it be that God intends for worship to be mutually beneficial? That God wants to be honored, but he also wants you to be healed in worship. Now watch this. Stay with me. When a person goes to, is Sierra in here? Okay. You are. There she is. Sierra is a physical therapist, right? Physical therapist. When a person goes to physical therapy, there is something that was broken. Something that was hurt. The physical therapist work with that person to try to get their mobility back. To try to get their arm to turn again. Things don't move the way they used to. The physical therapist is trying to get them their mobility. Trying to get their joints working again. Trying to get their muscles working again. Making sure that nothing locks up. Watch this. And therapy is, the physical therapy is a slow process typically. It's a slow process. That's on the physical side. But there's also hurt that is caused spiritually. There's spiritual damage. There's spiritual ligaments that get torn. And so so just like the physical therapist works with a person's body physically, there's also has to be some spiritual therapy. Glory to God. There, there's got to be some spiritual therapy. Let me prove let me prove it to you. Um, um that, that worship that worship heals. And we'll deal with it in a minute. Go to Second Samuel chapter twelve. Second Samuel chapter twelve. Second Samuel chapter twelve. Let's look at this. I want, I want to explain this, and I want to break this down so you guys can see this. Second Samuel, chapter 12. Y'all have it? That's two of y'all? Amen. Look at verse number 19. But David saw that his, this is the English Standard Version, but David went When David saw that his servants were whispering together, David understood that the child was dead. As a parent, think about that. What would be your response to you hearing that your child was dead? 
And, and, and there may be some in here who, who've had to, who've actually had that experience and I'm, we're sensitive to that and I want you to know that. Um, but, but, but look at what happens. David understood his child was dead and David said to his servants, is the child dead? They said he is dead. Now watch this. Then David arose from the earth, washed and anointed himself, changed his clothes and he went into the house of the Lord and worship. He went into the house of the Lord and you know why? Because David wanted to make sure. See, when I, when I first read that, you know, when I first read that, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking that David goes in and he lifts his hand and, and he goes into a song. And then that, that, that could possibly uh, be something that, that he did. But you know what? You know, when, when a person when a person has been hurt that bad, it becomes difficult to lift your hands in a situation like that. I believe David went in and I believe David went in and David made sure that he had the proper perspective. David went in and said, God, I'm, I'm hurting, but I don't want my hurt to cause me to retaliate. I don't want my hurt to cause me to do something that 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 is actually going to defame your character. I, 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 I've been out. I've been out of your grace too long. And I believe David went in to make sure that he, he had gotten his life right again to go in. And to set his life back in order was a part of David's worship, was a part of him going in saying, OK, God, I need your help. Because watch this, watch this. Think about it like this. When I say it like this, it's going to make sense. Um, if you pray for something and it doesn't happen. It's easy to be mad at God because it didn't happen. Now, watch this. David could have left mad at God because he didn't save his son. But instead of being mad, David said, let, let me go in and let me ensure that my mindset is a mind stayed on God. That, that, that whatever I do next, I don't blame God falsely. So you know what happens? Worship is you living your life every day to please God. It's a slow process. You got you to get rid of some things. Well, what are some things you got to get rid of? Yell it out. What are some things you got to get rid of? Pride. Slow process. What else? Fear. Slow process. What else? I'm just going to be dark. I got to get down here with y'all. Jealousy. Jealousy. Got to get rid of that. That's a slow process. But watch this. But you have to stay under the authority of the therapist. Because what happens? What happens, Sierra, when when someone decides to quit therapy too soon? What happens to them? They usually come back to it. Why? Because they didn't keep up with it. Watch this. For, for many of you, God, God has you going through therapy. So some some of you, some of you are going through hating people therapy. Y'all might as well say, man. Glory to God. You, you kind of, you kind of go, you kind of going, you kind of going through, you're going through therapy. Well, what's another therapy people are going through? Give me another. What's another one? Substance abuse therapy. Where, well, you know what? God is trying to work that out spiritually. Give me another one. What? Hatred therapy. Glory to God. You know, you know, do, do you know how God gives us therapy? He'll bring more people in your life like the one you hate. <laughs> And God, and, and that's, listen, and that, and that's, that, that's, that's how God starts therapy. 
You, you're wondering why you keep going through the same thing over and over and over and over again. It's because you're in therapy, honey. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You're in therapy. Give, give me something else. Give me something else some people go through. Give me another therapy. What? Overeating therapy. Glory to God. That's why you have all that heartburn. Waking up in the middle of the night with your throat on fire. Having acid reflux. Hallelujah. That teach you to stop eating so late. Glory to God. Come on, I'm not the same man. Because we, we gotta, we, we gotta, we gotta get this right. Because we're, we're in therapy. You can, we still going through the same thing. Give me something else. Unforgiveness therapy. We talked about that. Unforgiveness therapy. What else? Worrying therapy. Worrying therapy. You know what happens? God will allow situations to manifest in your life that, that you can either choose to worry or you can choose to let it go. Finance therapy. You know, you know what God is saying? Watch this. Watch this. Uh, and and y'all, y'all heard me say it. If I say it again, it's going to make sense. Any test you don't defeat, you're dead. You, you know why you have to repeat it? Because you're going through therapy. That's why they have to come back to the therapist because, because they're still going through therapy. That, that's why whatever class you're in, whatever lesson God is teaching you is best to learn what you need to learn while you're in there and don't go back in that mess. Amen. Glory to God. Watch this. Watch this. So, 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 so David, David is healed because he decides that his life is still going to be a life of worship. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Listen, go, go to, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Go to, go to Job chapter one. Job chapter one. I, I, I told you that, that, that worship Worship heals. In other words, in other words, in other words, when you don't focus on your pain and focus on your life being pleasing to God in the midst of your pain, God heals your pain. I hope they recorded that. Glory to God. When you don't focus on your pain, but you instead focus on your life being pleasing to God in the midst of the pain, that's when God heals the pain. Job chapter 1, look at verse number 20. 20 and 20, well, actually verse number 20. Job chapter 1, verse 20. Y'all, th- y'all see it? What does it say? He arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, fell on the ground. And what did he do? What did he do? He fell on the ground and he worshiped. He could have focused on everything that he lost. But Job made up in his mind, I've got to get my mind back on Jesus. Oh, I gotta get my mind back on God. That's what he said. So, so Job had to set his mind back right. That there are things that will happen in your life that, that sometimes kind of mess your mind up. Have you ever had something happen in your life that, crazy if you had something happen in your life that kind of mess your mind, it kind of shakes your thinking a little bit. It mess, some stuff will happen will mess you up. And it'll cause you to have sick thinking. It'll cause you to have sickness in your spirit. And, and but but what I'm what I'm suggesting to you is is that when those things not not just when those things arrive but even before those things happen in your life to get your mind set that no matter what I'm going through I'm going to find God and whatever I have to deal with whatever I have to go through I'm going to find Him and then worship will start healing M- many of many of you many of you could be healed today if you just make it up your mind I'm going to stop thinking about what happened to me. I'm going to stop thinking about what I had to go through. I'm going to stop thinking about all the stuff I lost. 
and I'm just going to worship. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that my life is pleasing to God. And you know what's going to happen? When you make sure your life is pleasing to God, God's going to make sure that the circumstances are pleasing to you. We live a life. A whole life is worship. Everything we do is worship. Everything we do is worship. We're designed to worship. We're worshipers. You're going to worship something. You're either going to worship your car, your house, your boat, your kids, your family, your money. You're going to worship something. And God, he, God said, I have no other God besides me. No other God. He's a jealous God. He's, he's been real clear about that. So God is saying to us, we have to be intentional about living a life of worship. As a church, we're going to be a church that understands true worship doesn't just happen in here. The true worship don't just happen when you come in these doors. We ought, we ought to be a church that even on our job, everything that we do is pleasing to God. We don't steal toilet tissue. Hallelujah. Yeah, don't be taking people ballpoint pen. Say again. Yeah, always ask. Don't be taking peppermint just because that can of peppermint. That, that, yeah, you need to ask about them peppermints. Y'all said, Pastor, love going too far. You don't know you're on camera taking that stuff. It might be a spirit. A stealing spirit might be loosed on you from taking them folk peppermint. Ask for stuff. Amen. We want that spirit. We want that spirit loose. We want to make sure God. I want to. I want to be God. Did I? You know, I told y'all that story that I I, <laughs> I pulled up at the bank and they they sent that little cylinder out and I put I put my little stuff in there and I took that little pen and I, I I signed my check and I drove it with that pen in my truck. Hallelujah! Listen, that pen bothered me to no end. I went and got right back in line, waited. I put that pen right back in that cylinder, closed it up. And drove and drove on off. I felt bad. That wasn't my pen. And I didn't ask for it. Hallelujah. So 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 what 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 I'm saying is is as we grow as a church and grow as a ministry, one of the things that we have to focus on is 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 does our worship match our witness? Does our worship match our witness? That's the question that God is asking all of us. And God wants our God wants He He wants to be pleased. With our lives, I, I'm, I, I watch I, I watch Andy Griffin show uh, pretty adamantly. Yeah, I, I think I've probably seen just about every episode that they have. I've got them recorded, <laughs> so Andy Griffin kind of kind of calms me down. I can I can just put on an episode of Andy Griffin, boy, and I mean I can just I can just be so cool, calm and collected. I love watching Andy Griffin show. Um, that's a shameless plug, I guess. <laughs> hey, it's on TV Land, by the way. Okay, but but. Um, I was watching one episode of Andy Griffith and uh, um, Gomer was in his shop and there was a gas leak. And uh, the gas leak was kind of making him a little little sleepy. He got a little dizzy and he's about to pass out. Well, Andy runs in and wakes him up and turns off the gas and gets him out. And uh, when 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 Gomer kind of comes to, he realized that Andy had saved his life. And he was so excited that Andy had saved his life. I mean, he was ecstatic. And so here's what he said to Andy. He said, Andy, look, whatever you need, I'm going to do it. Andy, wherever you go, I'm going to be there. He showed up. 
The next morning, Andy's house with a string of fish walked in the <laughs> walked in the house and put a string of fish on the breakfast table. I'm talking raw fish. He said he got up early that morning and went fishing so that he could have something to eat. He said that was nothing to do for the man that saved his life. His son, he told he told Opie to go outside and mow the yard. Goma said, Opie don't have to mow the yard. I'll go outside and I'll mow the yard for him. It's nothing to do for the man that saved my life. And so, so Andy's trying to get him to go on and do something else, but that dog, Goma would not leave his side. Wouldn't leave his side because he realized, watch this, he realized that the person that saved his life was worth walking beside for the rest of his life. When you really know that God saved your life, is it too much for us to walk with him? To say, God, whatever you need, God, I'm going to do it. Whatever I need to get rid of from my life, God, I'm going to do it. I understand worship different now. When I look at TV, I have to make sure that I'm doing what's pleasing to God. Here's a question for you, and I'll end with this. Here's a question for you. When Jesus comes back, what do you want to be doing when he comes? No man knows the day nor the hour. I was sitting at home watching television and, you know, they started cursing. And I said, man, if Jesus come back right now, I don't I don't want to be sitting here watching this. I want to make sure. I want my worship to be for real, for real. The way I treat my wife is worship. The way I handle my kids is worship. The way I take care of the things God blesses us with, that's worship. The way y'all leave this building is worship. The way we take care of this building is worship. All that is worship. Will you bow your heads? Father, thank you, Lord, God, for helping us to further.